0: الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وما خلقت الجن والإنس إلا ليعبدون صدق الله العظيم respected students of Deen, mothers and sisters. It is the grace and the mercy of Allah wa ta'ala that we have been blessed with this great wealth of Iman. This is something that we have to be constantly expressing our shukr for we take it for granted, we do not express shukar for this great ni'mad, we just regard it as something that was our right, that we should have had this iman and that this is something that is guaranteed for us. We don't need to bother much. Life can carry on in any direction, in any way, as we wish, whatever we wish to do. And everything is fine for us, our ticket to Jannat is reserved, it is booked. So what do we have to worry about? So this is not the way that a mu'min conducts himself or herself instead a mu'min a true believer in allah wa ta'ala is firstly very very grateful for this gift of iman and is constantly expressing the shukr to allah ta'ala even verbally Alhamdulillahi ala al iman Alhamdulillahi ala al islam all praise is due to allah ta'ala for this ni'mat of iman for this great bounty and gift of iman and islam this perfect way of life. So this is the verbal shukar that we have to make and we have been taught to make this verbal shukar. In the hadith of Rasulullah we have been given the ta'lim to make sugar on this deen. When a person drinks water, water is such an essential thing. Nobody can go without drinking water in the day rarely somebody will pass the day didn't drink any water everybody generally would drink water on many times in the day so no day would normally pass in a person's life without water and the masnoon dua for drinking after drinking water is alhamdulillah or rather nobody can go with the day without eating without water is also the case that too everybody drinks water but even more than water is food nobody can go without food and every day a person eats something or the other a person who is starving also finds one piece of bread to eat so nobody goes without food unless the person is totally in starvation so everybody eats and in that masnoon dua that Nabi Islam taught that is to be recited after eating Alhamdulillah, لله الذي أطعمنا وسقانا وجعلنا مسلمين that all praise is due to Allah Ta'ala who gave us food to drink who gave us food to eat, water to drink and made us Muslims in this dua which a person would make every day because we are supposed to be reciting these masnoon du'as on the occasions it is not that we learn these du'as for the sake of some exam then we have not understood the object of learning these du'as in the first place. This is our talluq with Allah wa Ta'ala. This is our link to our Creator that at every occasion we are remembering Him. We are eating something, we are remembering Him. We are drinking something, we remember Him. We are going to sleep. This is such a ni'mat. People sometimes can't fall asleep. We remember Allah Ta'ala before we go to sleep. We wake up from that sleep, we make shukr to Allah wa Ta'ala. A person is going to relieve oneself. What a great na'mat it is to be able to fulfill this function easily. So before that, to praise Allah wa Taala to ask His help. After returning from there, to praise Allah wa Taala. At every occasion, remembering Allah Taala and doing it consciously. And this is something that takes a person towards Allah very fast. So now, eating is something that is our daily need. And together with eating in the dua for making sugar for the food and drink, Nabi Isllah included the dua for, or the sugar for this deen of Islam. That the food and drink is also ni'mat. But there is no ni'mat to compare with the ni'mat of deen. So we are being taught to express this verbally. That make sugar for this. Now let us think, let us ponder within ourselves. How much do we consciously make shukar for this Iman? When we make dua, we raise our hands. Do we make shukar to Allah also in this? Ya Allah, it's your gift. This is your blessing. This is your bounty. That you have blessed me with deen, with Iman. When there is no deen, then what is the result? Have we reflected on this? We take it for granted, but have we reflected that if there is no deen, then what is the result? for example, those who don't have deen then they don't have any concept of taharat now what a great na'mat of Allah this is, that deen has also given us the concept of taharat, otherwise people are totally najis from head to toe and this because they have put on some clean clothes maybe just took on some kind of Shower, if, if, if it may be, and uh, put on some perfumes and so on, and they feel, well, we are very clean. But there is najasat in every pore. And there is no concept of taharat as such. But deen has come with this beautiful, clean way of life. And this concept of taharat... Now, have we understood that this has come to us only because of deen? Then, when there is no deen, there is no concept of haya. There is no concept of shame and modesty. Shamelessness is the order of the day. And everybody is comfortable with it, because they have no shame in them. So, there is intermingling, because there is no shame, And everybody is comfortable But what other fitnas go on with it Nobody blinks an eye on that Everybody is comfortable with the fitna also Because there is no shame It's shameless That society without deen Without iman Is a shameless society Now it is this beautiful deen of Islam and iman This iman that Allah has blessed us with And this beautiful deen of Islam That has given us this concept of Hayah of modesty, of shame modesty and shame in the way that we speak modesty and shame as a woman the way she speaks also is filled with modesty unnecessarily without dire necessity she won't allow her voice to be even heard by a non-mahram she will be filled with this modesty in the way that she dresses she will be modesty and shame from head to toe. She would not be wanting to expose herself in any way. And whereas the West, everything is exposure. Either it is complete exposure, and we mentioned this on some previous occasion also, that unfortunately, because we are also aping the West, aping is the word, and that is the word that we must keep in mind that this is aping we might have heard the statement it is a bad statement to say it in this manner but this is unfortunately the situation that it becomes they say that monkey see monkey do what one monkey sees the other monkey doing then that second monkey also starts doing the same thing so one monkey is behaving in a certain way then the other monkey also starts behaving in the same way now sometimes it's not a monkey in reality but then somebody starts behaving like a monkey it's a human being but behaving like a monkey so now they're seeing the monkeys in the jungle so now some child is behaving like a monkey now he also wants to swing around on some tree and all that he's behaving like a monkey because he's seeing the monkeys jumping around on the trees all the time So that monkey behavior he is imitating. So that is where the word aping comes from. Because this is a normal thing with apes. A normal thing with monkeys. Now those without iman, those without deen, those who don't have the concept of haya, those who don't have the concept of modesty and shame, then they are unfortunately not just like monkeys. In the Quran Sharif Allah says, إِنْهُمْ إِلَّا كَالْأَنْعَامِ بَلْهُمْ أَضَلُ That those who have no iman, who have no deen, then they are not إِنْهُمْ إِلَّا كَالْأَنْعَامِ They are like animals, rather Allah says, بَلْهُمْ أَضَلُ They are worse than animals, gone more astray than animals. So now those without iman are this, this class of people. Their clothing, their dressing, everything must be exposure. If it is not exposing skin, And what I was actually going to say is That probably we mentioned this once before Is that some And not one It happens regularly That some female will be asking a question And the question would be That is it correct or appropriate Or is it permissible That I don't go to certain family function Because it's an immediate family now So the person is concerned Would this be breaking family ties If I don't go but why I don't want to go is now, it's not a mixed gathering, the males are segregated from the females so alhamdulillah that one thing is happening but this woman who has some sense of haya she has modesty, she has shame she is feeling totally uncomfortable in that environment of woman because of the way they are dressed a woman is feeling uncomfortable among women because Allah has blessed that woman with haya She has been blessed with some sense of shame and Haya. So she is not even comfortable being within that uh, group of ladies and females that are there in that function because of the totally immodest way they are dressed. And the answer that goes to such people is that you are one hundred percent correct in abstaining from attending those functions and make it known also in a nice way, in a good way that I cannot attend because of the type of environment that comes, the environment of nudity, of shamelessness, the tight-fitting garments and the exposure that is taking place, I am very very sorry, unfortunately I can't attend. Should make it known. In a nice way, in a good way, without making yourself sound more pious than anybody else or an holier-than-thou attitude that I have many many other mistakes, many other weaknesses but I have been advised that this is not correct to be Where all this kind of immoral dressing is taking place And to be part of that function Because this affects one's iman It affects one's akhlaq It affects one's haya And a person will leave from such a gathering Even if there was no intermingling One will leave with the level of iman dented badly One will leave with a level of haya badly damaged It cannot happen that a person leaves such a gathering unscattered. So what we are talking about is that this Iman is a great na'mat of Allah Ta'ala. Where this Iman is missing, then this haya, there's no concept of haya. It's Iman that has given us this haya. So now the dressing will be according to haya. Not that because the whole West is wearing tight-fitting garments, so we have to find something tight-fitting. Even if it's a cloak, it must be tight-fitting. It must be something that now exposes something, some shape and figure must get exposed. It must be narrower, it must be tighter. Now this is aping. This is unfortunately becoming that what the monkeys are doing out there, now we want to ape it. Allah Ta'ala save us, Allah Ta'ala protect us. Then together with this aspect of Taharat, aspect of Haya, it is Deen and Iman that has given us the concept of adab of respect take deen away there is no respect there is no concept of respect it is just in words it is just a show and unfortunately to the extent we don't make amal on our own deen we also become like those who have no respect but as deen has given us all these things respect for parents Respect for elders, respect for teachers Respect for the things of deen This is a very very Fundamental thing and a very great thing And this takes a person Ahead in life More than anything else Respect for parents In terms of relationships In terms of relationships the highest level Of respect is for parents And we've discussed this on so many Occasions that what is the category Of parents, what is their their rights over the child and how they should be respected. What is the directions of the Quran Sharif in this regard of how one should humble oneself in one's par- front of one's parents? We should be reflecting within ourselves. Are we doing this? Are we humbling ourselves in front of our parents, or are we saying that no, my parents are doing this and that, so I will do what I want to do? So, as we discussed last week, two wrongs don't make a right. They will be answerable for their deeds. And we will be answerable for our disrespect to them. We will be answerable for our aloof behavior if that is the case. We will be answerable for whatever our deeds are. They will be answerable for their deeds. And our requirement is, and what is the instruction to us as children, is to always be totally respectful to our parents. No matter what they are, no matter who they are, we are told, "Wala تَقُلْ don't even say uf to them. Don't even say uf to them is what is the Qur'an's directive to us as children. So, we can never succeed without deen. And deen includes all these things. It includes ibadat, it includes muamalat, it includes muasharat, it includes akhlaq. Every aspect is in deen. And the shukr for deen, as we explained, we started off on this aspect of shukr for this iman and for this deen, one is the verbal shukr. the verbal shukr is by expressing shukr in this manner Alhamdulillahi ala ni'matil iman alhamdulillahi ala ni'matil islam and the du'as that have been taught to us on the different occasions this is the verbal shukr. but together with the verbal shukr, the reality of shukr is to make amal on these aspects to make amal on all these aspects now the whole deen shukr for this ni'mat let us not take it for granted, as we said, that Iman is our birth, give, birthright, and we have been entitled to this. Let us not take this for granted. Allah ta'ala save us, Allah ta'ala save us, Allah ta'ala save us. We may not know what's happening out there in the world, but there is a very, very major change happening out there. And that major change is of two levels. Every now and again, we hear of some dramatic incidents of how somebody came into iman in Islam and then went and brought along the entire family into Islam, the whole community into Islam, these are happening on a regular basis on the one hand, this is happening one uh, incident that was mentioned to me very recently, about some lady, who was attending some classes, and she became very inspired and in that she said that she cannot be keeping this for herself she herself was new into Islam she went and brought along her whole family and other relatives and so on and a whole big group accepted Islam there are so many incidents of this nature that are happening on a regular basis so people who are far away they don't have any iman they are coming into iman Alhamdulillah this is happening and there are dramatic incidents of this nature And at the same time, the very, very tragic situation is, the very sad situation is, there are people losing their iman on trivial things. Somebody, they didn't get to do what they wanted to do, in terms of some, maybe they wanted to go to some holidaying and picnic, the parent refused it, and the person made statements of kufr as a result, or, whatever some other issues came up, and people blankly, then, or rather, very, very openly went out of deen and lost their iman. This is the very frightening thing, the very tragic thing, the heartbreaking thing, but at the same time, the ayat that comes to mind, and which is a very frightening ayat from our perspective, that Allah Ta'ala says wa itha tawallaw yastabdil qawman ghayrakum thumma yakunu allah ta'ala is addressing the believers that listen allah ta'ala does not need you allah ta'ala is talking to us allah ta'ala does not need us wa if you turn away na'udhu if somebody turns away from iman from the way of deen from the way of islam then yastabdil qawman ghayrakum Allah Ta'ala will bring another nation in your place. Allah Ta'ala is telling us. amsalakum." Then Allah Ta'ala is saying to us that that people that Allah Ta'ala will bring into Iman to replace you, they will not be like you. They will not conduct, conduct themselves like how we carry on. That we want to dress like the West, we want to talk like the West, we want to live our lives like the West, we want to do what they do, we have no concern for the Akhirat, they won't be like us. They'll dress with haya. They'll speak with haya. They'll live with haya. They'll have respect in their lives. They will want to be following every aspect of the sunnah. And they will progress, and they will get closer to Allah wa ta'ala. So this is the thing that is happening. For every, every now and again we hear of some tragic news of somebody who left the fold of Islam, and then on the other side you hear of somebody who is coming into deen from a background that you can't imagine where there was absolutely no environment of deen something has just struck in the person and the person comes forward and says I want to accept Islam so we cannot take these things for granted that this is our birthright and it's our ticket to Jannat is guaranteed Allah Ta'ala take us to Jannat Allah Ta'ala grant us Jannat firdaus but we have to appreciate this and we have to work towards it now how will this happen how will we come closer towards appreciating deen unfortunately we are far away from it there are many things that we might be though we are verbally expressing shukar but in action we are far away from it how we are going to come closer to it so the first thing to do this is the first step and it's a very effective step. Provided we do it sincerely. We do it wholeheartedly. We do it from the depths of our heart between us and Allah. Tala. This is the first step. It's not the end of the road. It's only the first step. But do this one thing regularly. And daily. But do it sincerely. Do it wholeheartedly. Do it from the depth of your heart. And that is istighfar. We might wonder istighfar, yes, but add to the istighfar that mention the weakness that you are currently involved in. For example somebody, all of us have our weaknesses, who is somebody that can claim, can anybody claim that I am free of weaknesses, I don't have any faults, I am above all uh, reformation never, nobody The ambiyali, was wasalam, may and then there are those handful of awliya after the sahaba that handful of awliya that are mahfuz that they are divinely protected and they don't commit any kind of uh, gunas and so on deliberately, they might make some small mistake here and there but other than that the rest of us are all full of mistakes full of sins so who can ever claim that we are free of this? So the istighfar the istighfar that is required is that together with making istighfar we add to that the mention of the weakness that we are involved in. So One is the general istighfar but for the specific effects. For example, somebody is not guarding their tongue from speaking haram. Now they realize this is wrong and they keep slipping up. So now with a lot of remorse in the heart, Astaghfirullah, Ya Allah, this is a very great sin I am involved in. Ya Allah, I am making istighfar on this. Ya Allah, you forgive me. And mentioning that this is my weakness, keep asking Allah, to tell us, forgive us. Ya Allah, you forgive me. And you give me the tawfiq of refraining from this in future. Now when this will be done regularly, one will become very much conscious about guarding the tongue from Ghibat, guarding the tongue from other haram talk, this will now become something that a person would become conscious of and this istighfar will become the means of tawfiq towards towards refraining from the sins of the tongue. For example, somebody is getting involved in some sin of the eye. Keep making deep-hearted istighfar. Ya Allah, I slipped up again. Ya Allah, you forgive me. Ya Allah, I'm making tawbah from this. Ya Allah, you forgive me. Ya Allah, you enable me to guard my gaze. Somebody, for example, is not doing something that should be done. Maybe somebody is not, maybe adopting parda, not wearing the niqab. So one is to be casual about it. That is a dangerous thing. That is a dangerous thing that we are not doing something that we are supposed to do and we don't have any ficker in the heart that this is not supposed to be the case one is our weakness, we acknowledge our weakness the other is we are casual about it we are very very comfortable with the wrong Uh, this is just as an example or we are wearing clothing that is not correct not appropriate for a Muslim woman to be wearing that kind of clothing and we are quite comfortable with it that's fine, it's my business I am wearing things that are creating exposure in whichever way whether it is as we mentioned, somebody described it in this way: that previously they were polo necks, we'd even covered the whole neck, right up to almost the uh, the chin, and then the polo necks. Well, that was okay, fine. Maybe it was for winter, but then they were standard was round necks, and then the round necks became V necks, and the V necks became capital V's, and now it became U necks. This was somebody's description of how the trend is going, and this is Shaitan's ploy that it will not stop at any point it will keep getting worse because that is the thing about shamelessness that a total shamelessness becomes the norm and then that also gets pushed further so when a person has some weakness now, I am not dressing the way a Muslim woman should be dressing, with loose garments not fitted garments loose garments Unfortunately, mothers also, because many a mother nowadays wears those kind of garments, so she dresses her daughter in those kind of garments. And the daughter sees the mother, and the mother is happy with the daughter wearing that kind of garments, and everybody is comfortable with it. Allah forbid what will happen in the next generation. The today is tight, tomorrow there will be the dressing of the West. And it's already happening, it's already there. The slide is so far. That is already there, as we mentioned earlier. That some woman write that can—is it correct for me and is it fine for me to be abstaining from certain family functions because I can't be there? I'm totally uh, disgusted with the way the dressing is, and this affects my iman. Now, the dressing of who? The she's not—it's not, not a uh, mixed gathering. It's only woman and she's totally disgusted with the way that she is having to interact with the way women are dressed. So, now a person has this weakness. So every time that a person has worn that garment, keep making istighfar, Ya Allah, what I am doing is wrong. I am not wearing the parda, Ya Allah, it is wrong. Ya Allah, you forgive me. Ya Allah, you give me the tawfiq of doing it. If we bring this istighfar in reality in our lives, this istighfar will become the means of many things changing in our lives so the lesson is that of istighfar repeatedly and taking the name of the weak, mentioning the weakness that we have Allah this is my weakness I harbor ill feelings about others Allah this is my weakness that I keep harboring suspicions ya Allah this is my weakness that I have malice in my heart for others, ya Allah I am making tawbah from this, Allah you forgive me Allah you clean my heart Ya Allah, this is something I am supposed to be doing, I am supposed to be wearing the parada, I am not doing it, Ya Allah, you grant me the tawfiq, Ya Allah, you forgive me, what I am doing is wrong. Develop this reprimand in the heart against oneself, what is wrong with you, don't you have any shame, why do you want to dress in this way, why do you want to be disrespectful, why do you talk like this, talk to ourselves like this sometimes, Every day, in fact. Spend a moment or two, a minute or two, reprimanding oneself. What I did today, these things, I spoke in this manner, I was rude to my parents, I was disrespectful to my teacher, I used my eye wrongly, I listened to something that shouldn't have been heard, That ghibad, I spoke something wrong, I didn't even wear the purdah today, I dressed in a way that was in a, Make this muhasabah, and then make istighfar on each thing. Take an account of oneself, what I did today. And why was I dressed in a way that the West will be happy with me Hazrat Fatima will be displeased? So who I want to make happy and who I want to displease? I want to make the West happy and those who gave their lives for me, I want to displease them? I want to stab the heart of Rasulullah I want to make the ways of, I want to make Shaitan happy? No, I am not somebody who will do that. Okay, it's my weakness, I did that already, Ya Allah, you forgive me. Ya Allah, you grant me your special mercy and you give me the tawfiq of moving away from these things, this way of life. You make me closer to haya. And let me be that kind of person who the azwadi mutahharat, the sahabiyat, they would be happy to see. Allah's Nabi Wasallam would be happy to know that I am doing that which is closer to his sunnah. So this istighfar has to come alive. In the Hadith, sallallahu alaihi wasallam says, "Man lazimal istighfar." Man lazimal istighfar. The one who holds on firmly to istighfar, meaning that istighfar becomes a part and parcel of his life. جَعَلَ اللَّهُ لَهُ hammin كُلِّ هَمٍّ فَرْجَةٌ وَمِن كُلِّ ضِيقٍ مَخْرَجَةٌ وَرَزَقَهُ مِنْ حِيْثُ لَا يَحْتَسِبُ. But Allah Ta'ala will remove every grief and worry will bring the person out from every difficulty, will make a way out, will make a path out of every difficulty and will grant the person risk from sources that one cannot understand, one cannot imagine, one cannot conceive, Allah will grant risk. We have our mind that this person is my problem, that person has become my difficulty, that person is putting an obstacle in my way, that person is now trying to drop me down, and that person is trying to become my enemy, and everything is that person. But let us look at ourselves also, that what have I done? Have I done that which will bring the pleasure of Allah? Have I done that which will bring the rahmat from Allah? Have I done that which will bring the special mercy of Allah? So how is the special mercy going to come? One particular thing is, together with the other essentials of deen, one particular prescription that Nabi Islam is giving us is, that hold on firmly to this istighfar. Close your eyes to the others for now. For a while, just shut everything else out. You do something. You act on the prescription that Nabi Islam has given. And who can know better than that personality who Allah Ta'ala showered his wahi upon him, who was the most beloved of Allah wa Ta'ala. So who would know better what is the prescription with which Allah Ta'ala will remove all our difficulties? So he... Is none other than Rasulullah and he has given us this pres- prescription: man lazim istighfar. The one who will hold on firmly to istighfar, istighfar will be on his tongue, and from his heart, and it'll be just flowing out of him. Istighfar will be part of his breathing. Man lazim al istighfar, jālillāhu lahu min kulli hammin faraja. Allah ta'ala will remove all the anxieties and worries min kulli And from every difficulty Allah Ta'ala will bring out a solution. This dunya is dunya. There will be challenges. There will be difficulties. But Allah Ta'ala will bring that solution out of the difficulty also. And tasib, Allah Ta'ala will grant rizq from sources that cannot be imagined. But the bottom line is, we have to hold on to the prescription. So now together with making general istighfar, let us bring the specific istighfar into our lives. Specific istighfar in the sense that we identify our weaknesses and mention it in that istighfar. Ya Allah, this is my weakness. This is my shortcoming. Ya Allah, this is my fault. Ya Allah, this is my deficiency. Ya Allah, this is such a great sin in my life. Ya Allah, you forgive me. Ya Allah, you granted me everything. I am breathing also, this is your gift. If you hold away your air from me for a moment, for a minute, I will be like a fish out of water. Yallah, this is your gift. Ask somebody who sometimes has an asthma attack. What happens to the person? Person can't breathe. What happens? A person is like a fish out of water. We should take an ibrad. That is a challenge, that is a sickness, it is an illness. But it is an ibrat for the rest of us. It's a lesson for the rest of us that how valuable this air is and what a great na'mat this breathing is. So Ya Allah, You gave me this air to breathe and You enabled me to breathe. You have given me food to eat. You have given me water to drink. Ya Allah, You have given me all my limbs. How many people are there without hands? How many are there without feet? How many people have no eyes? Some cannot hear. There are people who cannot speak. Ya Allah, what what ni'mat you have blessed me with? Ya Allah, I have used all these ni'mat unfortunately against you. Ya Allah, you forgive me. Ya Allah, you grant me your muhabbat. You grant me your love. And you make me obedient to you. To beg Allah in this way. From the depth of our heart. With that istighfar. Ya Allah, this is my weakness. You forgive me. Repeatedly, Ya Allah, you forgive me. Ya Allah, you enable me to do the right thing. I'm supposed to be doing certain thing I'm not doing it, this is my weakness Allah, you forgive me You grant me the tawfiq to do it Bring this one thing alive, just keep begging That weakness is still there Just keep making istighfar, sincerely but And inshallah, summa inshallah Not that we will just change We will come happy to change it It will be a means of great joy That now I've given up that immoral dressing will be a source of great comfort in the heart that I have given up that inappropriate dressing that I have stopped being disrespectful to my parents that I have become very much more conscious to my salah this is something regularly that people write they write about the total turmoil in their lives then alhamdulillah they become conscious of deen then a person writes subhanallah I have given up all these sins and I am feeling such a peace in my life I cannot explain it Unfortunately sometimes after some months go by Sometimes a person says Again I've slacked up And I can feel a terrible darkness in my life Now outwardly the person started doing some things That are giving a lot of fun Unfortunately wrong things The person is apparently involved in things That seem to be giving a lot of fun But that person tasted something before that And he says now my heart is uneasy I'm feeling restless I'm feeling There's some big thing missing then the person is told again Look you, you knew what you did before And how you came on track Get back on track Make istighfar, make tawbah After a while the person communicates again And he says alhamdulillah, summa alhamdulillah My heart is at ease again I've given up all the haram And now I'm enjoying life again Now outwardly the person gave up what is fun The person stopped dressing like a In a way that's aping the monkeys out there The person stopped aping the monkeys out there so, why won't he feel more comfortable? Because he's no more behaving like a monkey. He stopped aping the monkeys. So, he would not be wanting to behave like a monkey anymore. Now, he's behaving like insan. He's behaving like a musalman. He's behaving like a mu'min. So, why won't he have peace in his heart? Why won't she have peace in her heart? Because her heart is now with Allah Ta'ala. And Allah Ta'ala is the giver of peace, Allah Ta'ala is the creator of happiness. Allah Ta'ala creates happiness in the heart of the person who is obedient to Allah Ta'ala. So the prescription for that is, this istighfar. Let us bring this istighfar alive. Take the name of the things that we are deficient in, that is our weakness, and beg Allah Ta'ala's help. Ya Allah, you help me. Ya Allah, you forgive me. You grant me the tawfiq of coming on to total deen and enable me to give up all the things that are against deen and inshallah with the barakah of this istighfar we will get all these virtues that we mentioned and we will get the closeness and the love of Allah wa ta'ala as well ben Allah wa ta'ala grant us all the taufik wa akhiru and alhamdulillahi rabbil just as something to assist us inshallah the muallimahs will maybe sometime in the day give us 2-3 minutes for the next maybe 10-15 days 2 weeks to start practicing on this to make it part of our lives that in the Last time, at some some particular day, some particular part of the day, in some period of the day, the last two three minutes will be for everybody to dedicate to istighfar in the manner that was discussed. That looking deep down within our hearts, each one for himself for herself, each one thinking within myself, what is my problems, what is my weaknesses, and with, with remorse, a lot of regret, thinking about our disrespect, thinking about our lack of haya thinking about our lack of other fulfillment of other aspects of deen and making istighfar upon it and begging Allah Ta'ala's help, begging Allah Ta'ala's mercy from the depth of our heart. Three, four minutes inshallah will be dedicated for this daily for at least the next two, two weeks, three weeks and occasionally thereafter again it will also be regularly be something that we will be told to do given time to do so that this become part, becomes part and parcel of our life billah ta'ala grants us it tawfiq wa akhir da'wana alhamdulillahirabbil alamin allahumma lakal hamdu kulluhu wa lakash shukru kulluhu allahumma la nuhsi thanan alayk anta kama athnayta ala nafsik jazallaahu anna nabiyyana muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bima huwa ahlu اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وأصحابه أجمعين والحمد لله رب العالمين